and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hello, friends. Happy day to you. Thank you for following along all the things that the Dinner Party Project is doing and up to. And this year has already been flying by at record speeds, which is insane. But I wanted to keep you posted on a series that we're having coming up called Orlando Matters, the Dinner Party Project dinner series. Um, Super excited about it. We got some feedback from like our five-year party. And what we found was that people wanted more themed dinners around industries and topics. So... That is what we are doing. We are doing a five-month series, which started in January. We started off with um, what's new and fun in Orlando at the balcony, which was so much fun. And then we also did a dog lover's dinner party at the Wellborn, which was so gorgeous. Um, And so many cute pups joined us. I wanted to let you know about dinners that are coming up. We do have one. Ones in February, we are doing a dinner party for interior designers, something that is very um, of interest to me on February 24th at the Heavy. And we will be having delicious food by Mockingbird Orlando. So if you are an interior designer, anything around that area, or just heavily your own home interior designer, um, we would love to have you join us around the dinner table. For our second dinner, we are doing... um, uh, affordable housing solutions on February 26th at East End Market, which we would also very much love for you to be a part of. We're also excited for this series to partner with Tito's Vodka. They have generously given us the capacity to be able to donate to, um, for each month, we get uh, $500 per month to donate to a fund, a local fund. <clears throat> And we are choosing for January, we got to donate to the Pet Alliance. And for February, we're choosing to donate to the Coalition for the Homeless, which has to do with immediate housing, but kind of along the same lines. So we're very grateful for that. And in March, we will be doing dinners around health and wellness also at East End Market, which we're very excited about. And the second dinner party will be around food deserts and food disparity within Orlando. So we'd love for you to join us for that one. Uh, In April, we will be doing a dinner for the LGBTQ community, which should be very colorful and a lot of fun. And then uh, the second dinner for that month will be around inclusion. How do we um, learn better ways to love our our community and language and questions that people might have? So we would love to have you join us for those. And then in May, we would love your input. So we are doing two dinner parties in May and we're taking a poll as to what industry and what topic that you would like to talk about. So DM us, um, email us, message us. You can vote. Uh, we'll be voting on social media and other places for you to let us know what you would like to see gathered around the dinner table. So thanks once again to Tito's for supporting us in this uh, dinner series and all the people that are kind of collaborating to make this happen. But we would love for you to participate. So we hope to see you around the dinner table soon. Hello. Thanks for listening in. This week's is probably going to be one of my favorites in the interview 
world because it's with a really dear, fun friend, Brendan O'Connor, which we will get to in a second. But first, we're going to start out with the cocktail, which again, just sorry, I realize it might be laziness or it just might be selfishness, but I just like making my favorite drink, my favorite cocktail, which is a blackberry lime whiskey sour. Um, yeah, so this one is kind of the same deal. I made uh, this one with my favorite bourbon, which is Woodford Reserve. So good. And then muddled up some blackberries, put some bitters in there, put some lime juice in there. Okay, so an ounce and a half of Woodford and then an ounce of lime juice, a couple blackberries muddled, a couple dashes of bitters, a small amount, a very small amount, probably like a fourth, a a quarter of an ounce of simple syrup. Very little because I know most people don't like their cocktails as sweet and then an egg white and you shake it all up and you pour it into a coupe and you drink it way too fast, which was my, my problem here. Um, and then our guest, Brendan O'Connor is such an incredible friend and person and someone I've known for, God, I really feel like, I guess since 2011 or 12. Um, but it's been really neat to see him grow into a bunch of different things and the ways that he, I think, challenges the system with his art and his capacity for sharing all the things that are happening in central Florida, Orlando area. So I had such a blast. Um, I wish more mornings could start uh, or, or like mornings, days, midday uh, could start with Brendan and a cocktail. But alas, I will I will enjoy this moment and hope for many more. So hopefully you will enjoy. Hey, hey. Dana. How you doing? I'm doing so good. Thank Look you. Look at this house. Thank you. I'm like in the golden jungle, <laughs> which is where I've always wanted to be. I knew you would. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> My monkey brain is like, like, you are home. Yeah, this is where you're meant to be. Enveloped mm-hmm. in the jungle and warmth. Yes. And great people. Great and booze. And booze. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. Thanks for being here. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Always. We do a reach around there. Doing a little day drinking. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can we do ASMR a little bit? Like and slurp it? No, hell no. Okay. I hate ASMR. Do you? I think it's funny. Do you think it's funny? I tried to do it. On uh, real radio for our show, mm-hmm. and they immediately edited it out because they <laughs> they, <laughs> they thought it was a mistake. They're like, "Oh, your mic got all messed up for a bit." And, and you were like, like no. "No, don't you know?" No, dude. Yeah, it was but funny. also creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I can see where it could be a little sexy. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, sexy whispering one thing, but like making crinkling <laughs> noises yeah. is makes me sticking your hand into lentils. Um, loudly like, scratching someone's back uh, or something so weird, so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but i love that it exists i'm sure you do yeah that is a very like probably brendan thing <laughs> <laughs> but do you go intentionally to like watch the videos no but if one like pops up 
in my Insta feed or something, I'll totally You'll watch totally it. You'll totally watch it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. I think that they know, definitely do not put anything like that in my, <laughs> in my feed. <laughs> I don't like loud eaters and things like that. I don't. Right? But I don't know. There's something about it. I just like that it's just bizarre and that it's a thing. Well, that's you. Yeah. Bizarre and a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's me. Perfect. That's Thanks. why you're here. Thanks, Dana. <laughs> so for the cocktail today, I actually made you my favorite cocktail. Oh, it's, yeah. well, it tastes delicious. I can see why. Good. It is a whiskey tower, mm-hmm. obviously, um, and it is with my favorite bourbon, which is Woodford Reserve. So good, so good. Mm-hmm. Muddled blackberries, lime juice, a little bit of simple syrup, not too sweet, mm-hmm. right? Which I can't. I don't like too sweet. Right. Right. I I like more on the sweeter side of things, so I know that like I mostly temper it down for people that are not me. Right. Yes, <laughs> but I still like it. But I like things that are like fruity and sweet. Um, also like me. This yeah, is the perfect episode. Fruity and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. We Nailed can just wrap it. Up. All right. All right. We're Easy. <laughs> um, bitters, egg white, and I think that's it. All shaken and then drunk. And and drunk happens. And then drunk. And then you drunk it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I did, done did drunk and it. During the daytimes. Yeah. What, what else can we do? Afternoon delight. That's you're talking about drinks, right? Drinks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're still drinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll be slurping. You're not going to like it. I'll be it. slurping. No, it's all good. <laughs> I'll leave that in. Just for you. Gulp. 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 Um, so the fun part is that we get to chat cocktails. Okay. Which is one of my absolute favorite things. I started dinners but i was like i'm gonna wing it on the food because probably the first three or five dinners i was making food and hosting and i was like what planet are you on that you can do all of these yeah, unless yeah. you're like an omakase chef right yeah good luck no no, no. Mm-hmm. so i very quickly learned that i couldn't like cook and host and i'm not really like the food is i love eating and i'm learning more about that but i'm like not that's not my specialty but i love cocktails so cocktails okay. is more of like where i can thrive and shine, if you will. <laughs> but you are the king of uh, all the things around town. So oh. I would love to like know where would be a handful of places that you would go for a drink. And okay. what, what is maybe one of your like, go-to? Let's unpack that. So there's a yeah. couple. There's people who I know are on like the edge of the scene. Like making the scene happen craft cocktail wise. That yeah. should get a shout out or I'll get fired. Um the Curtis- I want to hear all your places. Like, all of them? Yeah. Okay. Unload them. Courtesy bar, right? Beautiful. They uh, kind of made the craft cocktail scene downtown. Mm-hmm. They were the forerunners. Um, they're doing a great job. I think the people over at uh, Dovecoat do a fantastic job. And that's mm-hmm. led by Gene Zimmerman, who has like a wine uh, agency. Who actually right. owns it. Yes. Um, right. So he he knows good wine, but he also knows good cocktails. Yep. Um, and his wife runs courtesy. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of like, I like if you're that. ever at Snap, you can always get a delicious drink. Right in the oh, back. So yeah. good. Thanks for that, yes. Patrick Khan. Uh, I love who am I loving right now? I think the Robinson Room boys are so smart. Mm-hmm. And those are the Mawardies, right? They own... Uh, the Wellborn. Wellborn. Celine. Also great cocktails. Mm-hmm. Mathers. Yes. Tear Nightclub. 
Mm-hmm. Haven't hit that one up. No, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of G-string onesies <laughs> right. and stuff. Not my scene. Not uh, my no. scene. Mm-hmm. But it's there and busy all the time, so people like it. <laughs> but they're, <laughs> their Robinson Room concept it was is. all about being like mad cocktail scientists. Mm-hmm. And they got some great people to run the bar. And their Feels kitchen is very insane. Miami yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. And it's, they have a Miami connection, that whole family. Oh, okay. Yeah. That so would make sense. They just wanted to bring that here. Yep. Uh, I love it. They make everything on site. They make their own juices, their own fruit leathers. Yeah. Like everything is fruit made leather. there. <laughs> <laughs> Preserved things, yes. candied yams. I don't know, but delicious. Uh, and they're going to do that with coffee too. So I think those are all really good cocktail wise. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know. You I'm also lost. live on like a strip of cocktails. I do. It's more beer right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in Mills 50. I live in that Mills 50 triangle there between yeah, Ivanhoe Village, sure do. Uh, which is insane. And yeah. I, so guest house is great and sunroom. Yeah. Um, like, sunroom has got so many cocktails to choose from. And they're delicious. They're delicious. I like that it's not as busy like too as guest house. So yes, absolutely. Army Navy over at guest. Done. So good. So yeah, I'm not, I don't drink beer or wine. So guest house for obviously years. Mm-hmm. Army Navy was just the only like kind of my only go-to. So good. I, I would get a double. A double Army yeah. Navy? I'd get they give two. you like a tumbler. <laughs> and I'd, put, I'd get two and then I'd pour it in a big glass and I'd call it the uh, military industrial complex or something. Yeah. That's all in there. I should have thought about that. Mm-hmm. Just save Let's just save your time. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get two at one time. I want two cherries. Two, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love those like super dark. The mar- they're not maraschino, but they're no. like the deep, dark. Mm-hmm. Like a good lipstick. Like I once had like a, like a, a tin of them. Yeah. Like a whole thing. Pretty and it chin. Was so like candy. Mm-hmm. Obviously it is candy, but whatever they do to it and they make it. They're magic. Like magic. Yeah. Japanese magic. Oh gosh. I like the jars that they're into. They're really pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. Good calls. Thank you. But yeah, there's lots of pop-ups, um, but those are probably the ones that are, well, I th- actually Domu and Tori Tori have a great program too. I would concur with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like your sake collection. Yes. Sake, sake. I have. Yeah. I've gotten cocktails there. I guess I haven't really gotten as, like, I don't as much go for the sake. Okay. But I do like sake. They kind even of though. forced us. We went, we recorded... <laughs> Me and John Bustecker, my co-host on uh, Bungalow in the Bus, we went there to record one of our shows right when it opened. Okay. And they just kept throwing sake at us. We probably had three bottles of sake. Yeah. Did you walk home? Uh, oh, yeah. I had to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Left the car there. Yep. Yeah. I actually can't believe they played that episode on the air. It was a little, It was very <laughs> slurry. Sloppy. Oh, yeah. Just sloppy. Yeah. I'm this episode brought to you by <laughs> Tori Tori Sake. If you want to do a deep dive oh and God. not understand anything me or John say, because we're not huge drinkers. We're like a two drink an episode kind of sure. crew. Uh, but yeah, we had a lot to drink. We had lots to drink. Not enough to eat. Yeah. Damn, because they have great food there. Oh, yeah. Delicious. delicious. We ate a lot. You just ate, drink more. Yeah. But like chicken skin isn't going to stave off three bottles of <clears throat> sake. Yeah. Mm-mm, sake. But oh, Osprey. Osprey Tavern. Also oh. great cocktail program. Mm-hmm. Now you're. The chins. Yeah, the chins. Love them. I love them. I still haven't been to that weird hummingbird place, Calibri cocktail. There's supposedly right across the street from them. 
In uh, Osprey? From Osprey? Yeah. Right there in Baldwin Park. How do I not know this? I see, they don't, nobody really talks about them, but I hear they're pretty good. It's a cocktail bar? Mm-hmm. Owned by, there's a Mexican spot, and this was like their sister bar space that they opened. Oh, okay. Closer to the lake, I think. Okay. Yeah. I know, right? Still there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Adventure. I'll Adventure. go later. Okay. Maybe we'll have to have a, a second cocktail there at okay. some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. That's really Yeah, I think it's called Calibri. Calibri. Or Nest. Calibri is oh. the Mexican place and the Nest is... Yes, I've heard yes. of the Nest. Okay. For sure. There you go. Yes. That's why you hadn't heard of them. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I messed but it up. Calibri, I was like, oh, yes. what's that? Yeah. But the Nest. Those are my contenders, I think, for... For kind of like downtown-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Cocktails. Good Palomas at Reyes. Yes. I like a good Paloma. I do like a good Paloma. Uh-huh. Tequila is usually not as much my go-to spirit. Right. So margaritas are n- mostly not my thing, but if I'm doing tequila, it really is a Paloma. Yeah. Yeah. Like just kind of ease into don't it. don't even talk to me. No, thank you. No? You don't like a smoky? No. Okay. Mm. I'm into it. Also, tequila will not... Leave me feeling great on the next day. Mm, the more they say, the cheaper the tequila, the worse you feel. Maybe I'm just too, I'm, drinking might too might, cheap. Because somebody, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not accusing you of anything, <laughs> no, but I'm just. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. I yeah. know, yeah, myself, and I know the how I okay. feel. So I usually tend to go for things that I listen to your body, listen to my body, but mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Great choices. Thank you. But what about Brendan? Like, what do you have a, do you have like a go-to like you were like, I know that I would like this at this drink every time that I <sighs> order something. Uh, like gin and tonic or. Whiskey ginger if I'm being trashy ginger. and it's Why just trashy? easy. Well, it's just very simple and it's and like delish. rail whiskey and ginger okay. ale, right? It's not okay. fancy. Um, right. And if I'm not, if I'm there just to like have a good time and go home. Whiskey ginger. Whiskey ginger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if I'm like really not caring about what anybody thinks and we're in Ivanhoe Village, mm-hmm. then I want their uh, rosé at Hammered Lamb. Ah. It's blue. And I just think, and I could sip on like three of them and, okay. and just camp out in the corner and not care about not care. anything that's happening. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't feel like you are a guy that cares about in any context what people <laughs> know that you're drinking. Uh, I get judged on it a lot. Yeah. And that's something I mean, that, yeah, there's people listening to this right figure. now. Oh, yeah. There are people have expectations of what Smart. you should and shouldn't be doing. And I generally don't care. Right. I say that, but then I'll go home like, oh, <laughs> that tweet hurts my feelings. Yeah. So I'm a little right. raw when it comes to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. So keeping the classy whiskey ginger, <laughs> yes. doing your thing. If I'm at home blue. and on the porch, yes, gin and juice and uh, jam, like in a little mason jar. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. My my neighbor turned me onto that. They made loquat marmalade with local Can loquats. Fight me over oh, next so good. Time? Yes, yes. I got the recipe to make the marmalade like. Right. Yeah. You can go on a bike ride when they're all in season and just mm. pick them out of people's front yards because they don't care. Okay. Bring them home and make some jam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Pour I in some lemonade. Turn. I love gin and tonics. Yes. With stuff, with mm-hmm. whatever, a twist or just straight up gin and tonics. I literally cannot stop myself. So I will, I will 
a couple times a week, I usually make myself a drink at night. Like, sure. I've had a day, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, a nightcap. A nightcap, right. I'm not making, like, three drinks and... Oh, and if you, you are, know. that's okay, Dana. Nobody's judging it's you. It's not, it's true, but it also is, like, <laughs> how I feel, right? So, I don't yeah. want to wake up and be like, oh, my God. Yeah, true. I don't want to, like, you know, be alive to the world. Every once in a while, yes, but mostly I just like, I love like a drink, right? So a gin and tonic or a, like a Tito's tonic is really with lemon lime. And then also I love adding like a grapefruit or a, or like a jam. Something or fresh. Something fresh right, yeah. to it. I like um, that too. Kind of like something when I've got in. A little tart. I've never made marmalade of my own. Easy. Easy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I usually pick it up from Trader Joe's. Oh. Even easier. And then I put it, I just, you can <laughs> shake it up and put it in there and it's so easy. I have an so, Instant Pot. I wonder, there must be jam mm-hmm. recipes for your Instant Pot. Boil down something. Yeah. Just yes. stick it in there and I never thought about hit that. a button. Uh-huh. I'll try that. I'll find out and let you know. Okay. Probably burn. Yeah. I'm more on the easier side. As much as I like cocktails, usually yeah. they're like, hey, Sometimes there's, you feel fancy just taking something out of a jar. Like a, sure. Like an $8 jam. Yeah, from, absolutely. Yeah, right? $28 on jam. <laughs> yeah. I feel fancy whatever I'm putting that yeah, on. <laughs> I'll take it. Who cares? This toast brought to you by a $8 jam. Yeah, right? Yeah. You know you're an influencer when they start sending you jams. Jam. Never have received a jam. No. But my address is. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take Just some jam. Right. <laughs> I'll give you my, I'll tell you my address if Aww, I get some jam. That's true. Yeah. So I was trying to actually think about the... Time that you and I first met or were connected. I feel like I've known you for infinity and beyond. I feel like you've been. You've been here for 12 12 years. years Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plus. So you've, I think I've known you for as long as I've been plugged into downtown. uh So that was like 11 years. Cool. There was a year where I just was in the Disney bubble and didn't know anything about downtown. Right. Um... I don't know. First, we met you before we did a pop up. We did a pop up together. You know what? I think might have maybe it was the first time. (gasps) Or maybe I I went to your. I can't think of a time before this, but correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, I'm ready. When we when you did a pop up at Rollins College for sustainability. Oh, and I called you up selling. Vintage clothes. Yes. Other people's property. That's so funny. And you had like a page boy cap on and uh-huh. a cardigan. Uh-huh. And I mean, this was ages ago, a million years ago. But I think <laughs> the first time was at that first, like you had people line up along the sidewalk at Rounds College. Yeah. And I had like a little tent and table and was like. Selling. You did pretty well. Selling vintage, I think so, because Rollins kids got that money yeah. for vintage stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah I, was, I remember. Mackenzie so I was, Parker. Yes. We okay. were in class together. We were in class together. And then I think that that's how. But I saw you doing stuff like Audubon Park or huh? I went to one of your pop-ups and I was like, who oh, is this? Yeah. This is cool. Nobody's doing this in town. And yeah. there was a sustainability message that I loved. And then you also had like this. swaps. Yeah. You were doing like you would pay a certain amount of money to get in and just snatch up as much as you c- could fit into a bag. Yeah. Swaps. Right. Uh but I wasn't swapping. I was just like, I dropped what, 15 bucks, 10 bucks or something. Ten, yeah, it was like 10, 15 To bucks. fill a bag. Uh-huh. So fun. Yeah. Um, 
where Corksicle is now. You did one there too. Absolutely. We did several there at Brookhaven. Yeah. Yeah. RIP Brookhaven. So cool. Yeah. Dana. So yeah. And then we, then I was like, well, she needs to come because that'll make me look cooler. The school loved it. Right. Um, yeah. Cool. That's where we met. And then we did a pop-up for Mark Baratelli together. Um, a holiday pop-up. Oh. do you need another sip do you need another sip before we get into this we can talk about this right takes a big gulp yeah Uh he's he's not listening Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. oh my gosh yeah nightmare gosh i'll say it i'll be the bad guy it was a nightmare tana do you we stayed up all night we stayed up i was the do you remember me walking in and i was like (laughs) Shut so context. this down. <laughs> context. We came. We were paid. 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 I can't remember. I was paid. Yeah, I was paid too. We were paid. I think I was assisting him or something. That's like to answer his emails for a little bit. We had done cardboard art festival. Yeah. Which we literally filled up the say it loud space in Mills Fifty with cool. cardboard art. It was really cool. I came. I came to many of those. Several I, years of that. Yes. Yes. Very cool. We did the first. I did the first two. And then following this awful experience during that holiday pop-up where he hired us to do, we would get other people's merch and sell it for them. We had, I got, I think at least 35 vendors. Yes. I worked my freaking tail off. Yeah, you did. For like (laughs) securing those people. I was hanging bamboo from the rafters that we could use as clothes hanger yeah. racks mm-hmm. and art everywhere big art installation pieces yeah i made them specifically mm-hmm. for that and he didn't give me a budget for those pieces i had to like just like do the it. lily lamps yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh, well those were from anthropology oh, mm-hmm. i didn't okay. make those but they were throwing them out and i saved them but i remember i just remember specifically those they were really pretty they were very pretty i had some fish lamps that were looked like fish light fish swimming in the mm-hmm. sea, in the air i thought that was really pretty uh, Aaron Sullivan at the library still has one, but yeah, and we made we stayed up probably until like two in the morning one night. Yep, setting it up, hundred percent, feeling real good. Went home. We were gonna come back even earlier in the morning to, to like continue setting up. Yeah, and just finish. And when we came in, Mark and his mom <sighs> had moved everything, just shook gasp. everything around. It was like a gas. Yeah, like. We put our blood, sweat, and tears like into yeah. making this like so fun, uh, and different, and and we had all these great vendors, which were like yeah, really cool people in town. Oh doing yeah, cool stuff and established brands, and we we're like, we want to create something that like kind of no one's really done right in this space. Usually, before. not much, but to Use- make an actual store, but we did seriously. Yeah. And you were so bad. His mom, he didn't even, he couldn't look at us because he knew he had stepped in it. But his mom came up to us all sassy and was like, we just didn't really get your direction. So we changed it. So they literally dismantled everything. The work that we had put like so many hours into. Yeah. And And I I walked in and I was like, nope. Oh, hell no. 
you were so mad you I started was... climbing a couch. Do you remember that? You were, st- <laughs> you were like doing steps up like a stepping machine, but up and off of this couch and you wouldn't stop. And you were like, as you progressed, you got more and more mad and you fell off the couch because you were so mad. That's a- I just remember it being punctuated by you falling over to the other side. Okay. I remember being on a couch. I don't remember falling oh, on the couch. Dana, so funny. But yeah. I do remember... Like <laughs> losing my shit because we had we can cuss we can cuss on this sure okay yeah I wasn't sure C- continue yeah, yeah, yeah I just like I remember being so disheartened that we had oh, literally yeah. been there until like the early hours of the morning yeah. trying to do something that was like authentic to us authentic to us yeah and something that no one really I mean pop ups were starting. I had done, we had done the community market at status with the food oh, trucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had done that for a couple of years. Like food trucks were on the rise. Right. right. So Mark was starting to do that, which was cool. That's where the money came from for the pop-up, right? Was from his food oh, truck cash. Yeah, right? 100%. But then we <laughs> poured out all uh, of the creativeness that we could like muster up with the no budget that we had, right? Mm-hmm. And so when everything was like dismantled it felt like a stab in the heart right yeah of i at that point had worked with mark for a couple of years so i i remember having like a sigh of like he's not gonna understand how we're feeling he's paying for this Uh i guess we just have to let this go and then I'll never work with, like, and I'll never work with him again. And uh, I tried to tell you, I remember talking to you about it. Like <laughs> you can talk to him, but he's not going to understand. And then, and you tried mm-hmm. to get it out and, and still fell on deaf ears. Yeah. But the cool thing was, is that we kind of course corrected as much as we could. And we, yes. And we said like, we're here for this and like whatever shit that you just did, we're, <laughs> this is not happening for this cool space. And for the people that are coming yeah. for the amount that we're promoting it, like we, also worked our asses off to get back to some semblance of like a very inventive, I think. I think in the end it looked awesome. I think so too. We did really well. Uh I think. Do I, did I make that up? We did well. I, I would say that was, it was a a success for the amount of like people that showed up. And then I think the vendors were happy. Yeah. Three day, all day pop up. And Uh you had to come up with a whole new system. We had a media night the first night. It was like working out, working Mm -hmm. on like getting the media out there to say like, Hey, we're doing this thing. Come preview it on this night. And then, and then also getting people to like show up. That was before influencers. If we did that now. Cause this was 2012, Mm -hmm. 11, 12. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. About that. About that. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. And then we took a break from doing pop-ups. I did one more with him. Oh, you did. And Soto after that. Oh, yeah. You're crazy. I'm wearing a belt buckle I bought there. Yeah. Yeah. So we did. We did that. We did that one. I I did it. You did not, which I totally get. And then after that, I was like, oh, this is not a good thing for me Mm -hmm. in my life. So... I, you know, you learn the yeah. hard way. That's when I learned what toxic was. I think was through that. Mm-hmm. But all the power to mm-hmm. just not. I was in a good mix for that. That was. I wasn't. Yeah, no. I was mm-hmm. not a good mix for that. Yeah, but he's doing uh, great work now. But you also like. You don't know what you don't know until you're in that moment. Yeah, huge and, learning. And moment. And that was a huge learning moment for me about. I have also had a struggle and continue to this day 
um, like setting expectations and setting um, like realistic goals and, and being able to communicate that well to people. And so like I tried to be the best that I can and I still fail mil- a million years into it, but like trying to communicate to people, this is what I need from you. This is what I'm expecting. Here's what you can expect from me. Right. Even putting it down on paper and trying to be, because you, I guess like sometimes like, I think sometimes you're on the same wavelength with people and you think that, and then sometimes you are, but then sometimes you are Mm-mm. not. That's what a good old MOU, a memorandum of understanding yeah. up front. This is my role. This is your role. This yeah. is where we go. And then anytime that something happens, you just pull that out. And you just say, yeah, this look, is what we agreed upon. Yeah. Isn't that great but that I we wrote this? that yeah. way, like the first time I did it, oh, yeah. the second time I did it, I had an MOU. But then the first time I did it, we both were just like, oh, we're so excited for something that's kind of like very novel within Orlando that no sure. one has done before. Yeah. It was exciting to be invited to do it and it was cool that he you know at first trusted us uh to to do that so i think that's probably what hit us is when that changed it was like the trust in our skills had been questioned and that was a big hit question Uh, but also dismantled and also dismantled (laughs) and flushed (laughs) yeah and it was really the presentation i think i think if he had presented it in a different way i don't think i would have been so violently angry about it but like the fact that he kind of sent his his mother to like rub it in our faces that we just were. Right. <laughs> wasn't along. Yeah. She basically called us garbage people. And I just remember thinking like, I'm gay. I'll hit a lady. Like right. you need to be careful. Like I am no. also a lady. I will hit you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was not okay with it. I was not okay yeah. with it. Next topic. Sorry. You live and you learn. You do. So next Alanis topic is um, story. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite things. And there's so much in life that happens to us and is beyond control and where we're placed in the universe and family of origin and life. And there's so much shapes us, I think, within the formative years. And okay. then there's and then we grow up into adulthood and then we shape more of that narrative of ourselves. But I would love to be able to hear your story of being um like kind of like what was what was growing up like what was your household like what were your you know parents okay. do you have siblings like what were the formative years of the brendan oh girl buckle in i know that's why we're here we uh takes another sip yeah <laughs> <laughs> slurp um i grew up in northern ontario canada mm-hmm. in goulet river which is has like two thousand people in the summer living there uh, so not a lot. Of no, not in those. And I say that because there's some camps and people would come up for the summer. Uh, it's a scattered community. It's not enough people for it to be a town. Like it, there's no Whoa. stoplights. Whoa. Like in the boondocks. Boondocks. You're, okay. Yes. And so my mom is American. She took a, she took a summer off or something from school and went up to the north with her best friend to go backpacking. And she borrowed a map from my father who was running a gas station on the North Shore what? of Lake Superior. Yeah. And she like dug them. And so she brought the map back at the end of their trip and they became what? pen pals. And then she moved up and they lived in a cabin and she like dropped out of school and just, and he was 15 years older than her. Holy Moses. Yeah. And then, so she like, she got her like, not citizenship, a green card, I guess, and just stayed in Canada. Okay. And uh, which my grandparents hated. They were like upper crust, like Chicago. Yeah. 
Republican. Like, so just, she just fled away to Canada to be with like a gas station A mountain owner? man. Yeah. And he actually had graduated from university with an archaeology degree and oh. was just like a Bushman. Uh, and they somehow weaseled them way, their way into running a cross-country ski resort in Northern Ontario. Really? And, mm-hmm. and so my dad was the outdoor manager and my mom was the indoor manager. Okay. And she got pregnant with my brother, my older brother, only mm-hmm. sibling, right. and uh, and then me. And so we kind of grew up there for the first few years of our lives at this uh, cross-country ski resort. We had a dog sled team. My dad. Uh, this is a whole nother world. Yeah, <laughs> you don't understand how Canadian my life is. Right. Like my brother learned to cross-country ski before he could walk. Yeah, legit. Um, the dog sled team used to like bring the luggage up for people. And so we would help with that. And so we grew right. up around like eight crazy huskies yeah. and people from all over the world would stay there. And my, actually under my parents' uh, guidance, they were getting like major national headlines for being like one of the best cross country ski resorts okay. in the nation. And like, so did they do marketing? They did. did. Learn? Mm-hmm. They bring people up all the time new york times came up a couple of times and did wow. pieces you can google it and find my dad michael okay. o'connor uh, yeah television spots because they were super photogenic my dad had a giant beard and was handsome and just do whatever he wanted um they played that role oh they did yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so eventually they left because it changed ownership and they didn't like the new owner and we left that and so my mom started working she did marketing for Canada Dry, which was like a, not oh, Canada Dry. Like the seltzer? It's similar to a seltzer. It wasn't Canada Dry. It was, I can't remember what it was called. That Canada Dry was like ginger ale. It, it is. And that's, that's a for sure thing that's still going. In. So okay. she didn't work for them, but okay. she worked for something that was similar. like, yeah, okay. seltzer water based in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, which was like half an hour away from us. Um, and my dad just did like weird archaeology things. And uh, so we grew up. Did he have a job? Yeah, archaeologists, like it's more contract based. Okay. <laughs> so like anytime they're going to dig a hole somewhere, they have to do a, a cultural heritage survey. Mm-hmm. And so they'll send in these pros like my dad to dig first. Okay. And if they find something, then they document it and then you can do whatever you want. Uh, but that wasn't all the time. He would do like landscaping gigs and uh, helping people build cabins and like just whatever and so he we grew up watching my dad just do whatever he needed to do to make money sure uh and then my mom just kind of always having like these steady gigs and she eventually ended up at rotary club and just stayed at rotary club as their uh event person okay event marketing yeah um my dad was in rotary oh yeah oh yeah i love rotary Mm -hmm. so we kind of grew up around like knowing about volunteering and how important that was Mm -hmm. And she would train us, my brother and I, uh, since we were artistically inclined to do to do things that she couldn't hire other people to do. It's like she'd get a grant and bring in uh, oh. face painters. Which was you? Well, she would. She got someone from Cirque du Soleil to come to town and hold workshops so she could train locals how to do really cool face painting. And so she made sure that we were in that workshop yeah. so that we could learn that. And then she could hire us like totally nepotism <laughs> <laughs> in high school to, right. to like do that, which we only did a few times because I felt like a huge nerd. But it was good money. It was like 25 bucks an hour to like, paint. More than I'm making now. So right. Yeah, girl, me too. <laughs> Blog life. Uh, and that was cool. So she did that a lot. And we did like 
parade puppets for her parades because she wanted walking entries and she okay. would just always find a way to like ex- to encourage us to be creative but then also show that we could like make money from that that's good mom yeah mom. great momming plus like we weren't we were like lower middle class upper lower class like sure. didn't have a lot of cash same uh, right yeah. a lot of potatoes and ground meat yep. and you yeah gotta make, you gotta make it work <laughs> yeah back to school shopping Re- <laughs> what i yeah most of my high school years had like one pair of jeans yeah i yeah. remember our cousins made fun of us once at a because we only had one pair of jeans like don't you have any other pants and, and mom was like oh my god we need to go shopping right but they, uh, since she worked for Rotary, there is a Rotary Exchange program. I never really thought I would ever leave Sault Ste. Marie. I remember growing up just thinking like I would be there forever. Really? Mm-hmm. So you weren't a kid itching to get out of this no. not even a town? Didn't. I, I loved it. Because I feel like knowing you in the capacity that you have for all the things, yeah. that would be something that you're like. <laughs> well, I didn't think you could be like, even though we were always being creative and like I didn't try hard at school and. And I was gay, but didn't know I was gay. And so I was dating girls like all through like into my 20s. Mm-hmm. Like just so just I didn't know any of that. So like, I just kind of was like, OK, well, I'll just stay here and maybe I'll work at the steel plant or like, who knows? I had a job, mm-hmm. summer job, peeling logs for a log cabin builder, like not not fun. No. Um, But I thought that's what kind of what life in the north was. And I that's harsh. It's also a lot of really fun, beautiful moments and growing up and seeing like northern lights over your house every night, you know, like so just beautiful, wonderful the moments. Stunning creation. Oh, that is. Yeah, yes. To be experienced is is like changes something. Yeah. Yeah. Your pace. You're OK with a slower pace because mm. it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's just you're always reminded uh, that it's OK to be a smaller piece in that. Mm. Um, but I was ruined by Rotary Exchange. And so I, my mom <laughs> introduced, ruined. like ruined. <laughs> I'm here now in Orlando. I, uh, so someone who didn't think that there was anything else outside of that in Northern Ontario. And I kind of rejected our American side of the family because they were rich and everybody had nice clothes. And they were just like the American side of me just seemed uh excessive and i didn't want a part of that and i huh. it kind of made me feel less than so i just kind of ah. ignored it uh but i met did this, you have a relationship with your grandparents yeah but i was always kind of resentful with them i wasn't very nice to them hmm. until later in life okay yeah and they, we, they've passed but before they passed i think we were much tighter hmm. but as a kid like i'd see them once a year when we'd have big family vacations down in right. the states and i just just always felt Didn't weird. Feel like a connection with them. No, right. Kind of with the cousins, but they would kind of always make make us know that we were like the outsiders, feral, nerdy, you know, Canadians. So like painting rocks and right. catching frogs and stuff. And they were like, "Who are these folks?" Yeah, it just did not get us. Um, but I met an exchange student from Istanbul. Her name was Zainab. I can't remember. Her last name and she had like a scarf and she smoked clove cigarettes and she was just how old are you this time like 15 probably early teens early teens and you know i was doing theater community theater so i was i was finding more of myself And I just remember th- seeing her and being like, who is this woman? Like, cool. You are so cool. Mm-hmm. And she did a slideshow about Turkey 
and uh and i just saw history and like massive buildings and like mosques and it just looked absurd to me and i was like well why are we out here like i'm peeling logs like you like peaked like your interest oh yeah the greater world at large and i think there was a part of it too of like just seeing someone who's so fabulous and wear a scarf in northern ontario not give a shit Mm -hmm. about what these people thought about her and she was just like this authentic rock star of a human being with an accent Mm -hmm. and like and i think she had lipstick on she must have been 16 she just like super cool um so i was like i'm gonna do this right. this i'm not gonna get in but i can apply and everyone was like sure sure brennan yeah sure we'll see and it's just like interviewing for a job like you had to like prove yourself right and I, it was the hardest i ever worked on anything like my mom coached me she had me meet someone who had done interviews in the past and and we talked to other exchange students about what the questions were and i and came this in is for an international trip right for an international right. trip and i didn't know that you had to pay but i got in (laughs) (laughs) i know i was like oh okay i'm in now we have to raise money and mom they took out like a mortgage on the house and didn't tell me yeah my dad told me this like a few (gasps) years ago to pay for my plane ticket and it has to be an open-ended plane ticket um that's just what they in case something had to happen and you had to leave early or something um so it was like you know like 2500 bucks and for my family that's that was considerable yeah Yeah. and that's american dollars or something it was crazy i just remember i didn't know where the money came from but suddenly i was there uh and met crazy kids from all around the world Mm. and i never skipped a day of school my whole life and i like our school it was this it was a private school in Ankara, Turkey, the capital. Okay. And I was there for a year with one family. They didn't speak any English. So I like learned Turkish you when I was there. You lived there for a year? Yeah. When I was 16. I turned Holy 16 Moses. there. Yeah. You lived yeah. there for a whole year? A whole year. <laughs> like, oh, I thought you just went for like two no, weeks or something. a year. Oh. And I went to a private school, which was all Turkish. It was almost like a Catholic school, but Muslim. And our half of the teachers did not want us in there so we were like not allowed to participate we just had to like like sit in the corner in the school but you were not yeah Mm -mm. so we'd start skipping out and i never skipped before right they had a little bakery so we were like eating baked goods and then we met like cool street kids who were like skateboarding Mm -hmm. smoking cigarettes so i like (laughs) i just stopped going to school but we'd hang out in our like in our uniforms with these street kids uh Does the rotary drinking check in on you? not really my really? family was like checking in with us the okay. rotary club could care less abroad rotary clubs are much different <laughs> it's just they're like you're here as long as you don't burn anything down you're fine really? we stopped we ran away not ran away but well kind of ran away for three weeks and we backpacked the AGN at 16 years old what is happening i know <laughs> we stole while a, school was happening while school was happening didn't tell anybody we just we kind of the teachers at the school weren't like hey rotary bt dubs did not care this the teachers didn't care oh my our families we kind of just told our turkish families that we were staying with other people or going on a trip i can't remember what we told them but like peace i'll be back in i'll be back in three weeks and they i I loved my family so i i don't know how i convinced myself to lie to them like that but i just also wanted to hang out with these super cool kids and yeah we like broke into like summer homes and like stayed in empty houses on the beach 
my friend from Mexico City stole a horse. Like it was insane debauchedness for three weeks <laughs> at 16 years old. And then we ended up at a. Uh, this is not my life. I know. Well, it's not my life now. It right. just and then I came back anyway. Anyway, right. crazy after a year. You yeah. don't need to hear any more of the stories. But then I came back uh, to Canada to finish my last year of school of high school. Just a totally different person. And uh, and I didn't put up with anyone's shit. And uh, so it ruined you in that frame that it did like totally turn your world upside down. It did. And it opened your eyes to like, I can't so be you, here. You had loved your like small little loved nest it. and world. Loved it. But then you by fire, you got introduced to the world at large of what is possible. Oh, yeah. And I carried that with me. And I. Man, I, yeah, I don't know what my parents thought we were doing there for a year. I mean, wow. And this was 90s? No. Yeah, I was there for 2000. Oh, 2000. Okay. I was there when it turned 2000. I remember partying. Y2K, baby. Yeah, drinking. Just drinking, drinking at, 16 at 16 years 16. old. Oh, yeah. And Do they big discos. care about that over there? No. But even in the Muslim well, community? Yeah. Well, Turkey's very secular. And then we were in the capital city. So, there's tons of like ambassadors kids there. And they kind uh, of were like allowed to do whatever they wanted. And so, we kind of hung out with a couple of people. Okay. That were from like... So like okay. yeah ambassador like i remember that i dated this girl from belarus and her dad was like the belarusian cool. ambassador yeah insane hey girl hey girl yeah. i babysat but i babysat this is such a weird story tell me if this is too much Let's hear it that's why we're here well, we, I, you're not supposed to work when you're there but my parents couldn't send me like an allowance so i got a babysitting gig for this security guy at the canadian embassy Okay. Uh, and so I was babysitting their kids when they'd go off and do like weird embassy things. Um, and they had a nephew that did the Disney program. And they were like, there's this program where you can work what? in Disney and you would be great at it. And I was like, Brenda! sure, lady. So we have all of this to <laughs> thank for this gentleman oh, yeah. from the Canadian <laughs> embassy in Turkey. Yeah. What? Just like heck? by breaking, like it's just this breaking rules the whole time. And I'm right. just thinking I'm like floating with the wind, but it also has this element of fate wow. to it too. Yeah. The trajectory um, of your life. Yeah. Was... Just weird. So you heard about. So I heard about it and I was like, you're crazy. I'll never do that. And then I was, oh, is the flight home? Oh, I forgot about this. I did a flight home and there was a lady who sat next to me who had somebody who was coming back from the program in her family. So I was like, oh my God. From Rotary? Yeah. Or from Disney. Disney. From Disney. She knew somebody who was doing it. I forgot about that. Because then I was like, oh, I've heard about this twice. How interesting is this? Ah. And then I came home and was finishing my last year. And then I met somebody else who had just gotten home from the program. And I was like, that's three. It's meant to be. I'm going to apply. And then I remember telling people, they were like, Brendan, you just went to Turkey. Like, who do you think you are? You think you can go work at Disney World? Like, (laughs) are you insane? That's not Disney World's not even a real place as far as like Mm -hmm. most of my friends were concerned. And uh, and I applied. Middle fingers up. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. And I was like, I don't know. What's what's the worst that could happen? So I applied and I had a lip piercing. I had to take out the lip piercing for the interview. Mm-hmm. It had like I got in it in Turkey and it had healed in. So it was stuck in my lip. Oh, I had gross. to get it surgically removed what? the week before I went to my interview oh, in Toronto. Barf. Yeah. But I got the gig and I came down here 
And then I set it up where I could, since my mom is American, I could come down seasonally as a seasonal employee and just like pick up shifts at the Canadian Steakhouse at Epcot ah. and just like pay off loans in Canada while I was trying to figure out school and yeah. How old were you at this point? Ah, oh, man. I want to say like mid 20s. Okay. Early 20s. I like, I like partied a lot. I worked at a hotel. There was a roadside motel where I slept under a canoe in the summer. I would get a summer gig there. I did it two years in a row when I was in school. And I'd, when all the rooms were full, this I'd have to sleep have under a canoe. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. We'd have fish fry Fridays and it was so busy because it was like all you could eat fish fry. And I would just work so hard. And, and you were working to pay off. Like school. Like I was going, I was, I tried to go to an art institute for a oh, year. Okay. Didn't dig it. Got it. Um, Worked in Banff for a year, Banff, Alberta. I've heard that's beautiful. Gorgeous. I've I still dream about it. Yeah. There's a mountain I've seen that like photos. scrapes clouds from the sky. Right. You can like literally watch clouds form on the peak as I you're walking to work. I would love to be there one day. You would love it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Wolves, caribou just running through the... Yeah, amazing. As long as there's glass between me and them. <laughs> there's not. You gotta be careful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're working in this camp. You're sleeping under a canoe. And I would have to bathe in Lake Superior. This is like a Wes Anderson film. Freezing cold water at like oh. one in the morning because I just reeked of fried fish and then wake up in the morning and do it all over again. And uh, Were you like living your life though? Like it was fun. Dream. I was cute. You know, I was working hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Riding my bike everywhere. I didn't have a license until I was 25 because I like right rode my bike everywhere. Whoa! Yeah. I was cute. It was funny. And then. Uh, and then you were still doing Disney in the summer. And then I went to Disney and did the program. Okay. So this was pre-Disney. Sorry, got okay. a little convoluted got there. Uh, yeah. And then I met Scotty. I was in my third year at Trenton University taking international development. I had figured out what I wanted to study in school. Uh, was coming down here on my holidays and on my breaks to make money. And my brother was already here, engaged, married to a Texan girl. He did the same Disney program, oh, okay. but then he just stayed. He and met like somebody in Yeah, fell in love with the Texan chef okay. at the same restaurant and just like stayed. So I would come down on the breaks and stay with them. Which they did not love, but because <laughs> I was still like partying it like crazy and here making I lots am. of money. Hey, I'm here. Right. And they're like very settled mm -hmm. and making a home and nesting. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get any of that at the yeah. time. I was not a great guest. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was paying rent and stuff to them, too. Like, yeah, but still, but still not yeah. a great guest. Uh, <laughs> they have babies now and stuff. I could always see his wife looks Meredith. She'll look at me like, "You are chaos." Yeah. Um, but now you have your own home. Yeah. Yeah. But I met Scotty, Scotty Campbell, and he uh, kind of made me fall in love with Orlando, which I did not love at that point. Mm. It was just a means to the end. I just thought it was the parks. Sure. And uh, how, how convinced me to transfer down. How did we meet? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is like pre-grinder and everything. And how did like when when in your life were you like women are not for me? You um, know what I mean? Like I guess on my first contract to Disney, which I think was I guess that was 2007, 2006. I can't dates, who knows? I've done too much damage to myself. Right. Um 
I was dating a girl who I met in the interview process to come down, who came down months after I did. But there was a time when I was, and I knew I was kind of into dudes, like I'd made out with guys before, and but I just didn't think anything of it. I was just like, that's not a thing. Like, you can't just be gay. And I hadn't really met any gay people. And oh. There wasn't any gay people on TV. Like, like Even in the... Like men you were making out with, were they still trying to? They be- were super gay. <laughs> Most of them, I don't know. There was just something that just didn't click with me. I was like, "That's not for me." Maybe it was bi for a long time. I don't know. There was just something where I just thought, "That's not for me." What mm-hmm. you're pitching is not for me. Mm-hmm. But this is fun. Like at that time, which okay. doesn't make sense now. But I was not a very self aware young man at all. Sure. I just kind of like. Inhabited the space yeah, that you were in. And that was it. I don't know where a switch came on where I kind of figured more out about who I was. And right. Well, I do know. I met um, this guy, Bradley Matthews. He's not going to listen to this, so I can say his Bradley. name. Bradley. Yeah. Who everybody loved at Disney. And he would he was just fit and handsome and super cool. He was from Prince Edward Island. Ah, and he, of Green Gables. Oh, I know, right? Oh. Which was also a connection. Oh. And he would play guitar and, and read like Buddhist done. books and he'd play you're guitar. Oh, yeah. With his shirt off. You're but done. like, yeah. yeah, but he was dating all these girls. And I remember there was a pajama party <laughs> and I would never have done this, but I had I had a couple beer and he was, his pajamas were like just loose fitting pajama bottoms and of course no shirt. And everybody was outside and him and I were like creating a beer and I just leaned, leaned in and kissed him and he held my hand. Like it was just like a really sweet moment. And then I was like, oh, oh, I like, like you. And then I just kind of was like a puppy dog for him for months until the end of his contract and he left. Um, but I, but that kind of did it for me of like, oh, these feelings are what you're supposed to feel for people. That feeling that I felt for Brad in that kitchen. Mm. Um was a novel, like a newer. Yeah. Cause like I liked girls. They were always fun. I, I can have fun with anybody, but there was like, but there was always like a missing, like intense, like romantic spark. Um, yeah. Like I lost my virginity with women. Like I had, had slept with women. Mm. Um, but yeah, there, there was just something about, about Bradley that just like, like, clicked it on for me and then i was ruined for ladies yeah. after that right yeah weird weird yeah <laughs> so that landed you in orlando thankfully yeah i met scotty we uh i'd seen and so how did you meet scotty <laughs> <laughs> how long are we gonna be here? oh my gosh uh gay.com what yeah it was a website is, where you would that, like hook thing? up it was a hookup site yeah like a chat room and I was here for a good time, not a long time in the summer. And I was like, I just want to like make out with a dude. And I would see him on there. I was not allowed to bring any guests home to stay with my brothers. So like nothing ever happened. Right. But I would, I looked on it. Fair enough. Cause I was like, oh, you're a little lonely. You didn't know anybody. You're just working. And, and I was like, well, maybe there's some gay people around that we can hang out with. And I saw his photo and he was very handsome. And the other homeboy had already moved away. I had already moved. This was years yeah. later. I'm coming back oh, just okay. to do school stuff. Got it. Brad's married with kids now and living life. Right. Yeah. So that's, you know, off. Uh, yep. I had to get over it. Which do you ever get over your first spark? Mm. Dana, right? No. Um, no. And then I would see Scotty at the bar and he had a radio show with WPRK and was writing for Watermark. And so 
He was really entrenched. Or yeah. More entrenched. More then. entrenched. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that there was even a scene in Orlando. And then I remember seeing him at like Parliament House when he would go party there, like surrounded by people. He was always with a really cool looking posse hmm. of just artistic looking, powerful gay men, you know? And uh, so I hit him up. We, we hooked up. And then we became pen pals. and Because uh, you went back to Canada. I went back to Canada, but we just kept talking and we kind of made it exclusive long distance. And I would come down and stay with him when I was working at Disney. And then he convinced me to transfer to Rollins College for my last year of school, which I did. And Rollins said that once I got here and got through everything, they actually decided at the end when I moved down that they wouldn't accept any of my Canadian credit. So I had to like start school over what yeah. yeah yeah as an international student and it was so i did i ended up in their night program for city planning and uh the rest is history and i kind of like right. through scotty kind of fell in love with orlando wow mm-hmm. oh. yeah wow that was a lot that's good Are you okay <laughs> that's what we're here for yeah that's such a beautiful story this episode of cocktails and conversation is brought to you by the dinner party project The Dinner Party Project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now, we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida. Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties. So if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner or corporate event coming up, we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area and haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. So you moved, you had moved here 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Yeah. Again, dates, not great. Right. So it's, it's all a blur. 2008? Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, and I wasn't doing anything except working at Disney. Like I wasn't making art anymore. I was just like serving tables and hmm. making bank like a hundred thousand a year, like serving tables. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What am I doing? Dina, I ask myself this every day. Like, this is the flip. Now I make no money, but I'm like just doing creative stuff. Right. And, but when I met Scotty, I was just working there. We had a house in Thornton Park that we were renting. Oh my gosh. Like, living the life. Yeah. He was doing press for Blue Man Group, marketing Uh press. And then he got laid off because the recession hit us. Right. But that, and he, yeah, works on like lame. Literally, 2008 was the recession. Yeah. 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 It was like right when I got right here. Literally mm-hmm. at that moment. So we had to downsize and moved into the house that we're, we've been in forever mm-hmm. uh, in Mills 50. Right. And uh, yeah. It's still a great house. Yeah, it's okay. We're surrounded by chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But... Location-wise, uh, it's pretty fun. Yes. Yes. But I'll always but, think of... Because of Scotty, I fell in love with Orlando. Right. Because it's it was so cool and orlando just kept presenting me with opportunities to like uh expand myself and mm. like and so even though we were 
dumping on Mark earlier. He was one of the first people to, like, give me a real chance to do anything. He, mm-hmm. he was the only real blogger in town. Mm-hmm. Um, we helped him and Janessa Gursky do this the mobile art thing with the U-Haul. The, with the third Thursdays. Yeah. Like pull up. Mm-hmm. Park a U-Haul and Park fill it with U-Haul, art. Yeah. And I helped him do that mm-hmm. a couple times. Then he kind of liked my creativity. And then he let me like help answer emails and do some other pop-up Carboard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and because of the Cardboard Art Festival, I got a gig with Urban Rethink, which was mm-hmm. the first uh, co-working space here in town. Mm-hmm. And because of that gig, I got a gig at Orlando Weekly and became their calendar editor. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I got poached to do Bungalower. And so I've been with Bungalower like five years. Holy Moses. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Five years? Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, just, we just hit five years wow. in January. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Not expected, right? Because I went five to school for years. city planning. I thought I'd be like doing development or, right. Yeah. But like my whole life is just like weird doors opening. And then I like, oh, what's that? And I go down there. Mm-hmm. Meant to be. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like an alternate version of me is making a million dollars somewhere. But yeah. But I, bet I he's think that boring. that is a, a mostly a reality for, for most folks, um, which I include myself in that group of like, unless you're set up with like unlimited resources that you can for, for kind of the most part, be able to say like, either I can go get a job somewhere and check off that box and like make that money. And like, it's not bringing me alive and like, I'm not exercising like what I've been created to do. Mm -hmm. And then for the most part, unless you're really set up being able to say like, no matter what I have to kind of sacrifice, like I'm going to push through to be able to like offer my art to the world and be able to put myself out there and like do the things that you love and, and you get to grow and like, hopefully you grow into a successful business, but right. sometimes it's, it's a small business and you're really hustling to. It's hard. Like you see, because of the nature of bungalow or I'm surrounded now by uh, a lot of wealthy developers and like people who, who are hustling, right. And their artwork is like community building. Um, and it's sometimes hard for me to be around that and adjacent to mm-hmm. wealth and privilege and then mm-hmm. go home on my bike, you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's fun. Like, and I feel like sometimes I'm fooling myself sometimes because we get, I get invited. My job doesn't pay me a lot of money, but it feeds my ego like endlessly. And it's like crazy. Like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I get to, you know, I get recognized at the grocery store, which I like that, mm-hmm. which is gross, but there's <laughs> it's like, you can't get used to that. That doesn't pay the bills, right. but it's nice because it also means that your work is getting recognized. Yeah. Um, but you're impacting culture. Yeah. You're impacting like the city, which is. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's just so weird through a blog. But it, like information is power, right? Mm-hmm. And so you are helping to put out what. I think is meaningful for people and also helping people that's that's the struggle how to engage with their city well right and so that's as long as i keep that as the nugget Uh and it and try to not make it about me Mm. then i think i can stay on the path and that's because i've been through like making tons of money at disney like i've seen what that can do to you and you can become like this extreme version of yourself where you just 
or you're just like feeding the id mm-hmm. and i just don't want to do that ever again right um so hopefully i don't know i'm always like happy when i get an email from somebody saying hey you got a spelling mistake and i'm like see great reality check i'm still just some weirdo I'm still scared to with do a that. Voice. Are you really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Bring it on. Not a bad thing. I like it. It happens okay. all the time. Right. Because most of my writing happens in the evening because I'm busy all day doing sure. things. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's always spelling mistakes, that but always. I'm not a writer. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So as we get to grow into our adult years and really kind of shape the things that we like um, define for our lives and think that are important and, um, obviously shape our more so our, our trajectory and what we do. Um, I would love to know if there was any moment kind of within your adulthood that you have looked back on and thought like, man, I'm really like proud of this. Like I've worked really hard. And, like this is something that is momentous and I have worked to achieve this thing or something has happened because of my um, hard work or ingenuity. Yeah. It's happened a few times. Um, I want to, Sorry, dead air. I think most recently we just wrapped a four episode pilot for the Orlando Economic Partnership where I get to interview people who call Orlando home and why. Oh. And right, I'm really excited. <laughs> You're on the list. Uh, but we just didn't need, they just want to see four episodes of what it would look like. And, and if they like it, then they're going to make an order and we're going to continue to do it through the year, possibly like two a month, right? Oh. Um, and PBS could like share it too. So it could be on TV. And and that has nothing to do with Bungalower. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like me. Yeah. Uh, and these amazing videographers from Three Arrows Creative who are, who are making me look good. Okay. Uh, so we just wrapped it. And I just saw this untouched episode with me and John Rivers. And I, I think it's really good. Um, and I'm And I know that. And I lined it up. Excuse me. So like I, I booked the thing with John lined up all the locations Mm -hmm. and then they made it look good and i'm really excited about it like i worked really hard for it and uh while juggling all the other things Mm -hmm. so i've had a moment of like appreciation for that i have a wellness coach that i hired uh at the end of last year okay because my health was like brutal my my uh i had a doctor that told me i was obese and i was like that's not my narrative obese Yeah. yeah Right. But then, and I was, and I lost 30 pounds because yeah. I hired this, uh, wellness coach, mm-hmm, Lori Cox from galvanized whole life coaching who like, she like had to teach me how to breathe again. Mm. So like, I glad, right. Yeah. You just forget. And isn't that, it's just so funny. It can be when you're running your own thing, very easy to slip into the never ending. Right. But there's also, the health and the stress and the life and the friends. And so there, there is the breathing that you, it's like, this is not going to be sustainable right over here. Like, yes, oftentimes, especially in the, I think the first couple of years, like you're often maybe burning the candle at both ends. Yes. But then the reality of like, and like, you don't have kids, but I don't have kids either. But like the reality of like, this isn't sustainable for like a healthy lifestyle. So like, if I want to see this beautiful thing that I've created, like continue on. Right. How are we going to create and I don't wellness? Own, and I don't own bungalower. That's what Scotty mm-hmm. kept telling me. Like, you're going to run yourself into the, the gra- into the ground. Like, you yeah. are running yourself into the ground and you don't own this. Mm-hmm. So, like, what you do own is yourself and you need to focus. And I didn't, and I, I couldn't hear any of that until a doctor told me I was fat. And then I was like, oh, okay. 
I hear you now. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so through that, she's teaching me to like to take those moments to appreciate and like and just really sit there with I think with appreciation for your successes when you hit yeah when you hit an accomplishment like that just yeah. to make sure that you remind yourself that hey you worked for that and that's great i'm 100 percent there cool for sure yeah right How, how's that even you just forget to do those things but you can't like you have Mm-mm. to yeah it's, it's like holding holding the the joy and the sorrow kind of at the same time um, yeah with yeah so on the flip side of that, has there been something in your adult world that you felt like was um, like a hard, a hard time or an event or a season or something that was like pretty either devastating to move through or something that was like, I have, I have met this thing and I have, I have been in it and then I have moved on and come out the other end. Yes. So Oh man, three instances okay. pop up. Um, the the first one, which has come up recently, um, when I worked at that motel on the North Shore of Lake Superior, Batchawana Bay at the Voyager Lodge and Cookhouse, uh, there was a car accident. And I remember um, a whole family of like, I think they were Mennonites, we're in this big van and they got hit by a transport car and trying to pull in. And I was the first person on the scene because I was sleeping under my canoe outside and I didn't have any shoes on. And I was trying to get to the van and I couldn't and it like erupted in flames. And I was like all oh. sliced up from glass because right. I couldn't get in there. And I think to myself, sometimes uh, I wish that I'd just gotten there sooner or like not cared so much about my bloody feet and just like helped because hmm. they all died. Isn't that sad? Mm. Yeah. Yes. So that's something that, and I haven't really thought about it forever. Um, well, you're welcome. Right. Like I'm glad I haven't had to think about it. Sure. No, I mean like that's, that's pretty intense. Yeah. So moment to be in, like, how do you like shake that off and be like, okay, well next, next, next thing. thing yeah. yeah. But that's something that like, I think I carry with me of like, uh, just wanting to be ready to help. Like mm-hmm. if I see something like that now, if I see somebody who needs help, I, I generally want to help because mm-hmm. I don't like that feeling of knowing that you can't or that you didn't. Um, so that's something I carry with me and that came up recently in another conversation I had um, about like a being maybe at the expense of your own safety sometimes mm. of, of putting yourself out there. Right. Uh, second, um, I lost a job, the Disney job. And I at the uh, restaurant at the restaurant. Okay. So I didn't choose to leave there. Ah. And, and I someone I don't want to call him out, but someone I know and I'm very close to uh, with stealing and he got caught in an mm. audit. And because of that, they audited the whole restaurant. And when they, what they found out was that we were all ringing in desserts wrong. They had just started this dining plan thing. Okay. And I was a trainer and, and we found that. So we had a, like a prefix menu. You'd get these three courses, mm-hmm. no substitutions. But if it was on the dining plan, we were letting people just swap out their dessert. Cause we we're like, who cares? This dining plan, I'll just take the whole thing. Like if you would just ring in the dessert, uh, okay, <clears throat> right. Separately. So on paper, 
it looked a little bit weirder, but we weren't we weren't getting guaranteed tips from that. We were just getting suggested tips and it would increase our suggested tip by like a dollar or maybe like under a dollar. It wouldn't be a lot. Okay. But reason that we were encouraging people to do that was because you need to get a manager to come over and avoid it. And we were all just too busy and managers were just Mm -hmm. letting us do it. But since I was a senior trainer, I was training everybody on staff to to just to do that because it was helping everybody. Right. And and apparently managers didn't care. But I was the only seasonal employee. So I didn't get a union rep. And I so when I was pulled into this, they did like they they kind of laid 12 of us off while they were in, investigating oh. and I was the only person let go because I didn't have a union rep and I was so Shoot. mad right because mm-hmm. I and like just before this had happened I but got, everyone had been doing the same behavior everybody was doing the but same you, thing just and it was manager condoned yeah that's really the only thing that I could come to figure out because I remember going into my meeting with uh, property control other people who audit you and just thinking like I'm going to get a slap on the wrist because I talked to other people who had just been through the process. Sure. And then I remember sitting down and there was no union rep and I'd been paying union dues. Like you're, they just, <laughs> right. They just take it off so your check. Yeah. And they were like, Oh no, you don't get one. You're seasonal. That's what they said. Mm. And then, I'll, and then they just like grilled me and they grilled me about my friend who'd been stealing. And I was like, I don't know anything about this. And I, like this is yes this is awful but if you're accusing me of stealing through this it's a suggested tip and we're not guaranteed extra money by doing this like i'm really increasing the suggested tip by a dollar and and people are tipping me you know hundreds of dollars so this isn't doesn't what you're saying doesn't make sense to me right Um, the output of what i'm doing is not for like this reason to get less less than a dollar it's for ease and and managers know we're doing this because it helps everybody right which they didn't like run smoother so i was the only person let go through that whole process the the lamb Mm -hmm. yeah kind of sacrificial Uh, and i and i carry that with me because i don't like that feeling of not having control over Hmm. departure Mm -hmm. and i'd been like winning awards there like i have these jars these old pickle jars filled with like guest letters and stuff that I just won't look at, but I can't get rid of them. Right. Cause I love that. I love that feedback. Um, so that was sad. And that was like during the recession. So I had to go work at hard rock cafe after that. It was not the same. <laughs> Brutal. Right. And then the third was another job departure when I was working for the, maybe I won't say, but it was this a local municipality. And I, my boss was using city funds to buy school books and things for his master's program. And I knew it was happening and there was nobody looking at the books except for me and him. Right. And I went and reported it to the city manager. And the next day when I showed up for work, I was laid off and they said it was just because they didn't have any more budget for me, which I knew wasn't true. Baloney. And uh, I didn't know about, I was younger, so I didn't know about uh, whistleblower acts here in, in in Florida that if you report a supervisor for something like that, you can sue. And I didn't know anything about that. Oh, I still don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're protected, so you can't you can't oh. get fired for that. Um, but there's a limitation of three months, and they kept me waiting with promises to bring me back. Uh, and at that point, I was just doing part time things, so I, I kind of and I loved that job and. And uh, I never got it back and I never got to sue. And, and that yeah. 
kills me too because I, I again it was like that loss of power and letting mm-hmm. somebody else make that decision for me and then there's like no repercussions for those the people actions, yeah mm-hmm. how do you think that you kind of like have the stamina to move through that versus like getting like um, caught in the wheel of i don't think you do i think i thought i was moving through it mm-hmm. by just keeping busy um but you carry it like just me talking about it right now i can feel like flushed right mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm clearly still carrying some resentment about it mm-hmm. so i i don't think you do get through it i think you just get used to carrying it with you and then hopefully through talking about it every once in a while it just gets lighter mm-hmm. now it's just a part of a story of of being aware of your rights and and uh sticking up for yourself sure mm-hmm. yeah that expectation yeah because good luck if someone tried to do that to me today no. like one fly mm-hmm. mm. right yeah. but uh, knowing that you have um like this is not the end of the story or like like i can pick myself up and then i can go and, and yeah, it wasn't, it worked out. And I, I'm a firm believer that if you're like a, a good person, um, and you work hard and you're kind to people and mm-hmm. try not to burn as many bridges, uh, <laughs> things kind of work out eventually. So mm-hmm. like, it'll be hard. It's not going to be less hard, but I, again, like my life is just a sequence of weird doors opening mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm in an okay place now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone to work for Orlando Weekly um, if I was still working sure. at that city. Same, mm-hmm. same position. Yeah. Right. And I learned a lot there. And I was kind of, if I think about it, I was kind of hitting a ceiling of things that I could learn there. So it was, it was a good time to move on. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. You have really moved on to a lot of things within the city and just the amount of time that I have known you, which has been a lot of time and um, being able to work with you on things. I think that you're someone that I really value in this city and what you're bringing back at you to Orlando. And um, I think that your work ethic is pretty insane, which I cannot like rise to that level, <sighs> but I just appreciate you. Um, so much for who you are and being who you are and the things that you have brought to the city and, and the ways that you push the envelope and, you know, like, I, it's not like every single thing I like agree with about, you know, like, or like <laughs> I understand about, or yeah. I just, I think that I love the folks in this city that are staying here to invest in Orlando and have made it what it has become over the past even 10 years or so to, make this a place that people want to live in and that people are moving here for the culture that has been grown by people that I I appreciate that. I think part of it is uh, from a selfish way of just trying to make it uh, more exciting for myself to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause again, not the plan to be in Orlando this right. long, but, but Orlando just keeps like presenting me with new challenges and platforms mm-hmm. and ways to like stretch out and just kind of be myself. And uh, I think until like, a, like a goldfish in an aquarium, you know, like I'll just keep, as long as I can keep growing here, uh, I don't see myself moving to a new pond. Like I'll just, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Cool. I, feel, I feel the same way, but it also 
takes like investing in and digging in, which is something yeah. that I think that I see you doing. And I, I love that. I don't know where that comes from that. Cause Scotty and I were talking about this before and there's, there was something that happened during the recession where I was just like, I'm just going to go full tilt and, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Cause I never tried hard really at anything until like that Turkish exchange interview in my teens, mm-hmm. like never tried hard, just kind of loafed around, huh. ate cheese and, you know, like. Just, I don't know like, that. No. Not that guy. He's there. He's there. Yeah. <laughs> he has moments. Right. I'm not doing all my squats like my wellness coach wants me to. Um, but my job is by its nature, super fun and just dynamic and every day is different. Mm-hmm. And so, and my life kind of is my job. Uh, which I'm still trying to fix uh-huh. um, and setting new priorities for 2020 and like boundaries, boundaries which is very yeah. important. And hopefully I, I'm going to, you know, get better at that every day. Right. Yeah. But, but that go hard, go full tilt. I think I convinced myself to lose weight because I could work harder if I was in better shape. Oh Lord. I know subconsciously, like out loud, I said the opposite, but uh-huh. I, I think I was like, well, I can do more things if I am not so tired all the time. Mm. <laughs> right. And now I'm like, but I'm aware of that Yeah, coming into this of like, not good. Set that aside, mm-hmm. you know, and move on. There's, yeah. there's so many other things that you can be doing. Whole life living. Yes. Yeah. Not just for work, but for living. Just living. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on that train. So, cool. yes. But I love the Brendan that you have brought to the city and just partnering with me on things and Thanks Dana. Who you are? More to come. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, the next one is one of also my favorite and is something maybe a little bit newer in your in your world, but the Enneagram. Okay. Which, yes, which I think is very helpful has been very helpful for me. Um to have like you were talking about self-awareness before and um the reality of all of us inhabiting space and where we are with people and and i think that we are i think that we're uniquely created and that we're created very very differently and so just understanding that i am have a different dna than somebody else and we have very different ways of like approaching the world and the ways that we communicate and what's reward like rewarding for one person is vastly different from somebody else um how we just yeah value ourselves and our city and some people are more inwardly drawn and more externally you know like there is so many different dynamics to people and sure in, in health and in unhealth and how we can operate and we have control over our own space and how we can love ourselves better and know ourselves better. And so for me, it really, the Enneagram really helped me to understand better some of the motivations that I have and some of the ways that I engage with the world and how I maybe sometimes don't understand people well and where they're coming from. And so having more, I think, grace and compassion for yourself and then having more grace and compassion with the people that are Interact that you're interacting with, right? Grace is my uh, my challenge word for 2020 because hmm. I generally don't have it. Uh huh. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out if it's something I can How have. That looks, yeah, you can have it absolutely. <laughs> we all have. We can all have the things. It, t- it takes work sometimes to like n- know our blind spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can be very flippant 
in responsive mm-hmm. situations where I should probably be more graceful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cause that's the world we live in. And that's how we, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes like having to be able to like sort through things of like, why did, why did somebody like react like that? Or why sure. did I get triggered by something? Even yesterday I had something that mm-hmm. like triggered me and I was, and at the end of the day I was like, man, I still am dealing, you yeah. know, like I still need to like, have capacity to understand somebody sometimes in that moment it happens sometimes it doesn't happen in that moment anyway the enneagram is kind of this (laughs) this pathway to understanding it's a tool it is a tool yeah and so it's nothing that i think that i like it's not something i want to like put people in a box and be like oh you're only this you're only operate within this ways I worked with an art nonprofit that was struggling and they brought in a coach and they made everybody do something similar to mm-hmm. this just to find out your personality types and the way that we should be working with each other. Sure. And my innate uh, way of look of being put in uh, my innate resentfulness of trying to be someone putting me in a box was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But then once we got through it, it actually really helped everybody communicate in a more Helpful, clear just Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. So the Enneagram has nine different types and we read over them earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I, we I haven't had, done a scientific clinical done, assessment. We have not. No, no, we have not done it. We literally read this before we sat down here. Um, so within the Enneagram, I think, and I think that you maybe have confirmed the seven, mm-hmm. which is the enthusiast, right. would be a fair um, assessment of kind of the world that Brenton lives in. I think on surface, yes. Okay. But what was the one that I felt drawn to at first? The five. Which is? <laughs> the five is um, the investigator. Yeah. Um, right. I think is... it's more my core of what I do now, but okay. my the public Brendan is definitely a seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like you are a seven wing eight, which is the eight is the challenger. Okay. And then. Um, Cause I just challenged you. No, no. Okay. No, no, because I, th- <laughs> I feel like you can challenge the system. And okay. You, right. So the challenger is not um, just in a sense of argumentativeness, but the seven is the, I think that you love you're enthusiastic about the world and, and about like getting out there and being with people and that you're excitable and you can get like excited about obviously what's new and what's upcoming. And you, you do have an energy and you may, you know, crash and burn and you may have levels of, of, uh, boundaries and figuring out. But I think innately you're somebody that I think that like likes to be out in the world and doing things. And that mm-hmm. does require a lot of energy. Um, like like being with people being extroverted being able to connect and like that that is a very specific skill set i think to offer um and so you're kind of all over the place sometimes like literally you're going from here and there and everywhere and like the amount of output that you do in tandem with like like everything with you it isn't 100% perfect or polished right right, right. but the amount of output is pretty high and pretty incredible for one person to to do. Yes. Yes. Which I think is that seven, right? Okay. They they want to experience the world. They want to they want to like shake every hand. They want to like be at every party and often they're the life of the party, which I think that is also 
How's this moment? Yeah, Scott. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, these are the things from, an, I'm not you, but that I have experienced of you in the world. Mm-hmm. And then kind of with the Enneagram, they call it a wing. So it's like one on, e- like, either you're a seven, you're a wing six, or you're a wing eight. And so the eight is challenger, which is what I am, a challenger. And so the challenger in the, in the sense of they are wanting to change the world in a sense that has not been done before. Mm-hmm. So they have the motivation of doing something altogether new and different and want to see new things happen. Um, so there's the, within the Enneagram, there's an eight, three and a one. So the eight is the challenger. And so they are, their only goal is to shake up the system. So like Cole is an eight, very able to see a vision. And, right. Colney Smith from Cole, Creative City Project. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Colney mm-hmm. Smith. I should. Yep. Um, so having, having that visionary, um, capacity and then being able to help draw, draw people along to say like, Hey, no one's ever done this before. Like no one stepped in an Uber before. Like <laughs> no one's ever opened their doors and said, Hey, sleep in my home. Yeah. <laughs> like right. Airbnb. Um, so a three is the challenger, which their motivation is just to crush goals. Like I see something and I'm going to do it no matter what it takes. It doesn't matter what industry or whatever it is. The only outcome is achieving. Got it. Which we need. And then one is the reformer, which says like, I want to shake up an industry that's already withstanding or already, already around. And I want to make it better and more fiction, more efficient, more perfect. And they want to like, Oh, that's Matt. My boss is definitely a one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So he wants to reform what's already in play and wants to make it better. But an eight wants to do something totally brand new. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I see you saying like, I want to challenge the system to like, let's do a cardboard art festival. Let's do this new pop up market. Let's um, do I love that. Yeah. Okay. So, so their motivation is not to be argumentative, and sometimes it can be, but it's to say, I see a vision and I can, I know how to like implement that. Yes. In the world. That art organization I told you about before, mm-hmm. through that, we discovered that my type likes to present ideas, like innovative ideas, and mm-hmm. just be creative. But everybody else on my team were like the sensitive type that like if you present it, it can really hurt their feelings. Hmm. And so through it, I was basically told <laughs> I need to be careful in my presentation of ideas because where I think I'm like contributing, it can sometimes be hmm. stifling for others. Yeah. Um, and that's something I carry with me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because inside, I just want to say go fuck yourself. It's a better idea, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) But I just did. (laughs) But that's that thing that you wrestle with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think that there is health that we move towards to an unhealth, right? Yeah. That we can also be aware of. And that has helped me shape like what that looks like and being aware of that and how I interact with other people to say, I I'm also not the only person in the world. Like I need to be aware and if I care about other people right I need to understand that they're maybe interpreting the world in a very different measure than I am that's where these tools of I can see right. that that's the only thing is like let's right. be a better contributor to society to know that like maybe I am not to say me but somebody is like I am I need more alone time and I need to be aware of that or like for me I need more people time and so like sometimes sure. I have to push myself to to get yeah. out and, and to connect more yeah, my default lately 
through work can cause burnout is to not want to go out. And I do know that I need that mm-hmm. when I'm out there. But I also sometimes if it's been a while, it's hard to engage with other people when you're in a public setting and it's easier to just like wallflower it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will, I will send you stuff and get you to kind of like t- maybe look into it a okay. bit more and, and, and kind of. I like tools. You like tools, right? Bring it on. As do I. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I like the whole life healthiness um, part of it because nobody wins if you're burnt out and. No. Right. You're definitely not going to win. You're not winning. Mm-hmm. No one else is winning. Your business is not going to thrive. No. But being, I think, healthy physically you know, spiritually, emotionally, relationship wise, food wise, all those things are so like interconnected boundaries. All th- Like as we get older, yeah. I think that it's like, I mean, if you get this at an early age, like bravo. <laughs> and I want to live till I'm 130. You know? 130. You can't so do that if you're out. No. no. <laughs> so speaking of living to 130, my last topic, which oh. is my very favorite. Okay. Yep. Is rest. So how do we rest and, and renew and restore and step back and play discovery, um, solitude? Like what, what, if any practices have you adopted, um, to have rest in, in your life? Uh, traditionally it was pot. Okay. To be honest, yeah. not a great long-term fix cause okay. you just crash. Right. Um, not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause it also, I feel like stunts my, uh, productivity okay and like you were saying before i like to have a lot of outputs like we have a radio show and i'm on tv and we do mm-hmm. like i'm covering the social and we have to go to all these events and i want to do art for myself and so uh trying to fit that in in a work way has worked for me too in this past year so like shifting away from an immediate gratification of of just weed, zoning out. Right? Yeah. Of just zoning out. Because that's not... It's fun sometimes if you're at a beach, maybe, right? But if you want to... I find, like, my downtime also has to be productive in some way now. Um, and so, like, in the act of creating mm-hmm. something is yeah. good for me. So oh, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, cleaning out my art room becomes a game in the sense that I can repurpose things that are in it into mm-hmm. something else. Or it gives you like a fresh perspective on like, this is something I could, yeah. there's a p- potential here. Right. Being able to like not have art as an output for Just work. making it. But I know like eventually that it could go somewhere. That's not, yeah. like that art show but that I had moment, at Quito. the moment, the purpose is to have the freedom of not, there's no pressure on this. Right. That's just huge. So the art that's at Credo and College Park right now is a perfect example of that. Because I was just painting on, like doodling really, on uh, landscape paintings just for fun. It's like a a warm up before trying to do something bigger. Um, Like, and people don't get to see that art of mine very often. Like, like fine art, visual stuff. I just don't share it. Right. Um, But... So, and, and I don't know where that happened because now what people are seeing are like my warm up things. And I just had a show where it was just all of those doodles on landscape paintings. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the more uh, fine art pieces are now just going into storage and nobody gets to see them. Uh, or like working in the yard um, is a big thing for me. I love plants and I love mm-hmm. caring for them. That's what I went to school for city planning and environmental management. So there's like a green thumb part of me that I right. love and making sure all the 
wildlife in my yard is happy and vibrant. Um, mm. And that helps me just chill out and just Detached find a pace. From, mm-hmm. Yeah. Gorilla gardening. That's mm-hmm. a big thing too. Planting cactuses and stuff around Orlando. I love it. Can you plant one here? Yeah. You need some? A cactus? Yeah. Sure. You want a pencil cactus? I don't know what that means, but sure. I got, oh girl, you're going to get hooked up. Great. Okay. Yes. Okay. You own this house. I bought this house yeah. with my brother. So good. You yeah, know. I know. I just need to double check before yep. I planted something in your front yard and okay. got you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so many plants. Um, the beach is a big thing that I do uh, with my boyfriend, with Scotty, mm-hmm. like just going to the beach. But I can't just chill on the beach. I have to like pick up trash. And so like, but, but that it's very meditative to me. Cause I'm not thinking about work uh-huh. and I'm not thinking about deadlines. I'm just like, I can have like a small, it's like a, your, your body is kind of still moving, moving a little bit physically and then it's yeah. allowing your mind to rest. Right. Mm. Which I need. So those, and that translates to bicycling and that mm-hmm. translates to, uh, going for a canoe which i haven't done in forever because i just sold my canoe and i miss it um i used to love going for paddles but yeah it's things where i can be active and then turn off my brain is is a great way to rest i just actually but it's been hard for me to uh like actually like read a book in a long time because for whatever reason i just need to be doing something with your body Mm -hmm. to turn off your mind yeah okay Mm -hmm. yeah is that bad no. No, I'm saying it out loud. It might be a no, okay. Compulsive thing. <laughs> and it's also, I think, a growing thing. Like like learning to rest well and like what your body needs, like yeah. is, is something that you're continuing to learn and to grow. And sometimes it, it takes like for me the same of learning to turn off my, my brain. Right. Is, is hard sometimes. Like I, even on a day off, yes. it's like how can I so you do the things like for me. It looks differently, but it is learning to to the ways of 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 engaging your brain in a way that's not continually going. Yeah, I'm a consumer. Like I consume everything, and mm-hmm. if I'm reading something really interesting about like a series of pool parties that they had in Austin at public pools to like activate public pools, I'm, I can't just read that passively. I'm reading that and thinking, oh, how can I do that here? Right, and. And so there's just this ongoing Rolodex of just weird things that I just file away that I, and then revisit right. as soon as I sit down, um, just because they're all fun. They're all fun. And I just want to be doing those things all the time. They are, but also. Yeah. I just can't. Mm-hmm. I'm tired just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. What would be your ideal day of rest, whether it's here or it could be anywhere like money's of no object. Like what would be the funnest day off for Brenton? Um, money's no object. Money's no object. You could do, we could be oh, anywhere so in fun. the world. You could do, you could fly, you could. I just did a beautiful wherever. trip. So like travel used to be really big for me. Traveling to other, I've been around the world, like backpacked weird places. Mm-hmm. I lived in Thailand for like five months. Like, oh, all right. just like weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just don't talk about it much. I love that it didn't come up in my stream of consciousness growing up thing um but i haven't done it since i got here so Hmm. orlando for me while it's been very creative and like nesting for me it's also been a little bit sedentary so there's a part of me that needs 
uh, travel and I rediscovered travel when I got invited down to the Virgin Islands last mm. year to do like an influencer trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to be doing more travel writing in the near future, maybe with Wear Magazine. They do stuff all over the state. Yeah. Um, and so just trying to pepper that in. So if I'm going to go anywhere, oh man. Anywhere. Um, like walk me through a day. You know, okay. So get it. <laughs> Are you a morning person? Uh, generally, no. I am not. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason of not smoking weed anymore because it's just it's a hard way to get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. You just want to sleep in. Mm-hmm. Just dry. <laughs> um, my dad's getting older, so maybe going on a canoe trip with my dad would be like mm-hmm. the most sentimental, most wonderful trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, he flew me up to do some archaeology with him like three years Stop. ago near the Hudson's Bay. Oh my God. And we had to like, it was insane. We had to wake up at six in the morning, drive an hour into the wilderness, like past moose and stuff on logging roads and then boat like half an hour up a river and then hike 20 minutes into the bush to get to the site. But like physically exhausting, but man, I didn't think about work once. And I was just out in the bush with my dad digging holes. And that was great. So maybe if I could just retreat uh, with my dad somewhere in the wilderness, like some old growth bush would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Or I just learned about donkey racing in Colorado. And I think that sounds hilarious. I would totally do that. Never have I ever heard of this. They, like, they're like pack mules. And oh. You just have to like make your way along this super long trail okay. with your donkey as fast as possible. Cool. I think that sounds legit. Like, yeah. and then overnight. So you're like camping with a donkey hiking through the bush like (laughs) it's just it's another story i love stories and i love accumulating stories and so that's an experience that uh who who gets to say that Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when i'm 90 years old hanging out with like i don't know weird family members and maybe we've adopted a million kids by then and i can just we can just be telling those stories yeah Mm -hmm. that would be your day that sounds really sweet Pretty great. Thanks. Yeah. Random. So, if you ask me tomorrow, it'll be something completely different. Sure. Yeah. But those are good, those are good suggestions. <laughs> um, you have spent some time with me and I'm so grateful for it. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me yeah. and listening to my insane tangential stories. Obviously. Um, as we wrap up and close, is there any like one like mantra or life motto or anything that you kind of try to live by or stick to or emulate in your work? Uh, up until recently, it was when I die, I want to be thoroughly used up. Mm. Uh, but that just means you're going to die sooner. So, <laughs> so right now, to be. no, well, through experience, it, that's what it means for me. Because my body was like giving up on me because I was going Doing all too hard. So hard. Um, I think now it's just uh, more grace and it's like grace. I'm just the word grace for me. Mm-hmm. Someone accused me of not having any grace once and I told them to f- shut the fuck up. Mm. Which <laughs> great. Great. Clear yeah. example of me not having grace. Uh, <laughs> but it came back and I was like, oh, I know what that means now. And maybe I'm ready to mm. hear that. And in that grace, just like saying that challenge to myself, it means sit back, take a breath, 
uh, don't react and yeah, and think. Just yeah. take a minute mm-hmm. um, and maybe just listen. And so I think that's my just grace is probably my 2020 mantra. That's a good one. It's, it's I'll tough. Shout, I'll shout that one. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if you see me not doing it. Yeah. Right. We need to find a sign language thing for it. You can just. <laughs> <laughs> or like say code word. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't make great radio to have grace. It doesn't, which we have a radio show. It doesn't make great uh, articles to have grace or at least traditionally. Uh, so it's a struggle, but at least right. in my like day to day, just Brendan as a human being, I think that's my, my challenge mantra for the year. Yes. I think it, I think it does. And it should it in a way like, because showing humanity, I think, offers that the needed aspect of grace and mm-hmm. like knowing that we're no one's perfect and no like no matter what level we are, um, it should be more engaging to hear somebody speak with grace than without it. You know, like you just did. That was so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think, I, yeah. it's too easy to hold anger. It's too easy oh, yeah. to uh, just. Oh man, just hold negativity with you and react versus uh, listen and then act mm-hmm. uh, proactively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's always a work in progress, but yeah. Ha- but like you're saying, like as as we grow, having the more the more of the self awareness and and the more of um, understanding where other people are coming from. Yeah, yeah. Being able to have the maturity to step into that and to live into that better true so thanks dana um, thanks for being here and where do we find you on socials and all the all the things tell us where we can find you uh if you're ready for some weird shit my my personal instagram is <laughs> at bk b keeps <laughs> for my street artist days b keeps b k e e p z uh and then all the bungalower stuff right mm-hmm. and i have my own personal uh site that kind of logs like my weird behind the scenes stuff at bungalower. And mm-hmm. that's Brendan O'Connor dot me, uh, where I can just be a little bit funnier and, and, and wax poetic. I'll be very shortly right. on, on little things that I'm faced with every time, every day at, uh, sure. bungalower. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Well, until next time, thanks for being here with me. Thanks for having me. Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversation? 